Alright guys, before we get started today, a big thank you to our partner Microsoft Surface, celebrating 10 years of partnership with the NFL. As the official laptop, tablet, and sideline technology provider for the LA Chargers, Microsoft Surface provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field every day. Learn more about Surface at Surface.com. And welcome in to the final drive, a playoff clinching edition as the Chargers beat the Colts in Indy on Monday Night Football 20-3. They punched their ticket to the tournament for the first time since 2018. As always, joined by team reporter Haley Elwood and senior writer Eric Smith. And guys, you know, normally we talk about Justin Herbert in the arm of Justin Herbert leading this team to victory, but this was on the shoulders of the defense. I think 177 total yards allowed. 0 for 10 on third down the Colts were. Seven sacks, three interceptions. Haley, I, I think the, the defense right now, if you're talking about peaking at the right time, this could be a playoff caliber, championship caliber defense if they keep it up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think you have to start there. And, and it sort of is now a trend, right, that we've seen over these last few weeks. And I think... I would be remiss to mention if if maybe Chargers fans didn't feel nervous about this game coming into it, knowing what happened on December 26th a year ago against a very wounded Houston Texans team. And it was 10-3 at halftime. It was a little dicey. They were kind of like, okay, you know, let's let's get this going. And then they certainly kicked <laughs> it into gear. What you have seen transpire over these last three weeks against two AFC contenders and then now against the Colts you know, six of 32 on third down holding opponents. You mentioned 0 for 10 just against Indianapolis. They are doing it. They did it again pretty much without Derwin James last night after he was ejected from this game despite having that incredible interception that he had. But they are finding ways. And I think, you know, Brandon Staley has talked a lot about those guys having to play different roles, learn different things throughout the season because they face so much attrition. And maybe that's been a benefit for them because now they're sort of had to, they've had to settle in. You get guys back, you sort of find ways to, you know, figure things out like a Loey Gilman stepping in for Derwin after he leaves yesterday. Yeah. He's done it the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Simple, you know, get in there. And so I think what you've seen is this defensive dominance. And I'm glad, though, that you did see it against a team like Indianapolis, which is certainly broken. I mean, they are an absolute mess and they've got issues, but they didn't play down to that level. In fact, they just absolutely crushed them. And it was phenomenal to see. And this team is now in the postseason. And and at many points during the season, that felt like sort of a far-fetched thought with all the injuries that they've faced, including your quarterback in week two when he goes down and you don't know what that holds. So kudos to this team, kudos to to the Bolts, the coaching staff, the front office, everyone for getting this, you know, writing this ship and getting it here. And you clinched in week freaking 16. Who knew? You can, you can get it with nine yeah. wins. They did it. We, we, they did it with two games to spare. And now, you know, over the next two weeks, we can talk about potential seeding and where that's going to go. But uh, Eric, staying with the defense, a switch definitely flipped at some point over these last three weeks. And and it's kind of funny that it, it happened without Darwin, right, against Miami and Tennessee and really for largely uh, most of this game. I asked you, Tranquil, after the game, like, what what has switched? And he said player accountability. He, it was, like, very simple, player accountability. And we've talked about uh, some of these player-only-led meetings with Kyle Van Noy and 
you know, Mac taking the guys out to dinner. Uh, it, it seems like whatever's happened over this last month for this defense, it, it, it's it's infectious right now, and they are certainly playing uh, at an elite level. Yeah, this is, I think, the defense that maybe we expected the Chargers to play all year, or at least maybe in the preseason, right? When you looked at it on paper and you looked at the names that they brought in, the names they still had on the roster – this is what this is what I sort of expect. I mean, may, maybe not this dominant. Like, I don't think you expect to hold a team to zero third down conversions every every game, or it feels like every game of late. Um, the last four games have just been fantastic on third down. But just playing this like physical attacking style, shutting opposing offenses down. I think this is what I thought a version of this defense would be uh, coming into the year. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what at what point that switch flipped, but when it did, the light was on, you know, and the, and the light was bright and, and it's still, it's still like, you know, burning bright right now. I think maybe it just took that, that one game to get that confidence. Uh, I think like a, a complete game, right? Cause we had seen flashes, you know, like, like the second half against Denver and overtime, they were really good. They were good kind of in spurts here and there. But to really, like, shut down Miami, I think, without Derwin, that high-flying offense, I think that really gave the team confidence. And then to do it again against Tennessee, it's like, okay, now we have something rolling. And now I, I think there's just a belief that they're going to go out there and do it. And it's taken, what do we have, uh, 15 games to get there. But it's better to have, have it going right now than to have the flip side, right, which is to play well early and then kind of skid late. I think, like Haley said, the defense is peaking at the right time. And and like you said, too, I mean, this is this looks like a championship-caliber defense right now, and that's what you want as you get into the January and, and hopefully beyond. And you can't help but think, Haley, that, that Joey Bosa could be around the corner at some point. I don't know if it's going to be in the next couple of weeks or in the playoffs, but you hope that you can add that piece to this defense and I think to keep things in perspective, like you said, Haley, this Colts team, uh, they have nothing to play for. Uh, Nick Foles was like, in case of emergency, bring yeah. him in. He wasn't ready to play. Uh, he was yeah. sacked seven times. He was picked off three times. Um, but I do think there's something about confidence. And I go back, and this, this is funny because even they lost that Raiders game, right? But I really do think for the collective team, the play that really, I think, woke them up and had them believing was that two-point conversion in Arizona. Like, that locker room was buzzing after that game as as much as I had ever seen during the season. So I, I almost think that that was, the, that was the moment where they said, hey, we actually have a shot to do this. Um, they dropped that one in Vegas, but then kind of kind of rallied after that. And the defense actually played well towards the end of that game in Arizona, uh, so it was kind of a, a collective performance there that, that I feel like there's just moments, guys, throughout the year that I feel like can kind of set you up for the rest of the season. And I almost feel like that, that Arizona game we kind of forget about because of that loss in Las Vegas. Um, but I almost feel like that was kind of a moment that got this team trending in the right direction. Obviously, the last three, three uh, games speak for themselves. Well, and that's all you needed, right? Because you needed the two-point conversion to win and there was that belief that Brandon Staley said we're doing it we're just we're going out and we're going to win and we're going to go for two and and see what happens but the goal is to come out of that game with a win 
And so I think as we have heard him talk about whether it's that, whether it's fourth downs, whether it's some other things throughout the year, last even last season going back when, when he started coaching this team, there is this belief that I think he tries to instill in these players to put them in situations to make them feel confident that they can get it done. And to that point, they did in Arizona and they got the confidence that they needed to go and freaking win a game and win it at the buzzer, essentially. I think when you look at the dip happens in Vegas and then we were all wondering how they, how were they going to respond against Miami, this crazy offense and Derek Henry and the Titans the next week, two teams in AFC contention. And they did. I will say with a caveat, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Jets and the Pats are one in 15 since the Chargers went on, you know, a three of four win streak as of four weeks ago prior to yesterday's game. So there has been some faltering there, but what you've seen from the Chargers side, defensively specifically, is just a push, an extreme push to not lay back and to not really let these teams and these big players, Tyreek Hill, Derek Henry, Jalen Waddle, waddle all over you, if you will, because we have seen moments throughout the season, hello, Travis Kelsey, where that has happened. And so in order for this team to sort of build this confidence and defensively build this confidence, it has certainly happened. And I, I go back, yeah, I think you're right. That Arizona game gave them a lot of confidence on all sides that they can go out and get it done. And now you've seen sort of maybe the defense kind of pick up the offense at times, especially even in last night's game. I think there's some things, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, that have been left to be desired on offense right now with the Chargers. But they're doing it. There is a belief. And I think now, instead of it wavering, it is extremely, extremely strong. All great points. And I think it's worth noting, too, that every team that gets to the tournament and eventually wins the Super Bowl, they have uh, a little bit of luck and a little bit of good fortune along the way. And what Haley referenced with all these teams that were needing to lose for the Chargers losing over the last couple of weeks, that's a little bit of good fortune. That's, that's the reason why you're clinching in, in week 15 or week 16, rather, and not week 18. Um, Eric, first, the Derwin James hit, I just want to address it. Derwin James is the furthest thing from a dirty player. Um, that was a, a, a vicious hit, no doubt. Um, but there was no intent there. Uh, I think we all know Derwin James type person he is and the type of player he is. Um, so I just, I'm hope he's okay. He's in concussion protocol and, and you hope you, you see him next week against the Rams. Um, but moving to the offense, um, it's no coincidence that the two touchdown drives, Mike Williams had four catches for 76 yards on both of those touchdown drives. Mike Williams needs to be the focal point of this offense. Um, and, you know, Keenan does his thing. Mr. Consistent, 11 for 104. Um, Chargers PR told me last night, I think four straight games of, of six catches and 80-plus yards receiving. Um, so Mr. Consistent moved the chains. But if they want to score points, they got to get the ball to 81, and they got to get it to him a little bit more often than they did last night. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because you know who agrees with you? Brandon Staley. He said it in his post-game press conference last night. He's like, you know, Keenan was great. And, you know, Mike had four catches, four big catches. But we need to get Mike a little more involved. And I think Keenan is good for, like you said, 11 for 104. Good for moving the chains on third down, you know, m making a key catch, you know, here and there. But Mike is the big play guy. I mean, um, I, I, I learned that very quickly when I, when I got here. Like, if you want 20... 25 yards or more, throw it to Mike. Um, and, yeah, like, I looked, he had two 16-yard catches, an 18-yard catch, a 26-yard catch. Like, he just 
chunk plays, like like far down the field, you know, and like and that stuff like really ignites the offense. Um, and and Brandon Staley has said this multiple times this year. He's like these 12, 14, 16 play drives. That's not the norm in the NFL. It's it's more like a six play drive, a, a, you know, a, a four to six to eight play drive, like quick strike. And the reason and the that you're going to do that with the Chargers is is throw it to Mike. Um, I would agree that he needs to be a little bit more involved. Even just maybe just throw it up to him a little bit more. I think I mean there were a few plays last night where they had like kind of da- more downfield developing routes, and for whatever reason, like the shots weren't taken. Um, but we, we all know, you know, that if you throw it up to Mike, it's probably better than a 50-50 chance he's going to come down with it. Um, I would agree. I think that's something to watch kind of as we head to the playoffs. Like, you're going you're gonna to need to score more points than you have been the last couple of weeks, um, especially against, like, better offenses. I think the defense is playing great. But when you go up against high-quality offenses, you're probably going to need to score more than 20 points to win in a playoff game. And getting Mike involved, I think, would be a good step uh, heading in that direction. You know, Haley, we, we were talking about this on Chargers Weekly uh, last Thursday, me and Money, about Jalen Guyton kind of being the, the one guy that this team desperately misses, just stretching the field offensively. Because this offense does not look the same as, as it did in 2021 right now. Um, they're getting the job done. Hey, they won by 17, uh, and they beat an NFL team by 17 points, okay, uh, in in their place on Monday night. But I think once we hit January, Mike Williams can't have four targets and four catches. Like, Mike Williams needs to have 10 targets throughout the course of the game. It can't just be on two drives. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is I'd like to see them run the ball a little more effectively as well. And you did see that on that final touchdown drive, which was 12 plays, but nine of those plays were runs, which was phenomenal to see. And I think at that point, the Colts defense was so worn down. I mean, they played so much of the game. And I saw a tweet saying that they've, I think, set like a record for sacks this season. But but some Colts fans said, well, it's easy to do that when you're on the field for 45 out of the 60 minutes of a game because that defense is just being worn down, worn down, worn down. But as much as I want to see Mike Williams get involved, I would also like to see them take some pressure off Justin Herbert and run the ball a bit more effectively. Look, if you're the fifth seed, I don't know, where are you going? Jacksonville at this point? Tennessee? Whatever happens there. Um, But I think when you start getting into colder environments, potentially, in the AFC playoff race, you know, that takes some pressure off. To the point about Jalen Guyton, I, I think he, you know, it's so funny. We talk about, oh, missing Joey and Rashawn and J.C. Jackson. Jalen Guyton is never brought up. And it's crazy because the yeah. impact that he's made, you think about the Giants game in 2021, he's freaking down there and he's so fast. And so you are missing that element because you're becoming very much like a possession receiving core at this point with the exemption of Mike who can go up and get it, but you're not really doing that as much right now. I think at this point, you've got two games left in the regular season, and there's some homework to be done, which is kind of good in a sense because you know you've made it. Now you can clean stuff, some stuff up so that you're not having to sort of take care of this once January, once that postseason and that wild card, super wild card weekend, as they like to call it, jazz hands, rolls around, that you actually can kind of take these next two weeks against beatable teams, against teams that are completely out of it. God bless Denver and what they're going through right now. 
um, and maybe shore some things up. And Denver, albeit what happened against the Rams was sort of crazy, and we hadn't seen that defensively from them, but a really good defense. So I think that'll be a good test, too, if they're still wanting to play for something in Week 18. Yeah, all great points. The the Chargers rushing attack, uh, 32 for 101, 3.2 yards a pop. Um, Kelly and Eckler, 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, that's got to go up an, uh, a yard at least uh, once you hit January. And, you know, Joshua Palmer, too, Eric, I, I look at him, just three targets, two for 16. Uh, you know, Josh Joshua displayed, you know, you could use that Atlanta game as the best example, um, that he's capable of doing a lot more. And uh, I, I think this this passing attack, uh, we need to see some more targets to, to Mike, as we mentioned. But Joshua, too. You know, I, I think Joshua and, you know, Gerald, you know, those two guys need to get involved. Yeah, and I think as we kind of have navigated through the season, there's been a lot of injuries at receiver, right? Keenan and Mike, and even 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 Joshua has been hurt a little bit. Um, you know, Gerald's been banged up a couple times here and there, but um, the the common denominator in all that is that Austin Eckler has gotten so many targets and so many catches. I mean, he's either close to or at a hundred catches, you know, for, for a running back. And I think it's just been such like a safety blanket for Herbert this year. Okay. Nothing's open. Just, just check it down to Austin. We'll get six or seven yards. And th- and that's been great. And it's so valuable to have that. But now that everyone is back and everyone is healthy, let's maybe push it downfield just a, a, a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Haley, a, a guy I want to talk about uh, on, on defense is someone who's been around for a while, and he, he's just been kind of a steady presence on the defense. We don't talk about him that much, and he gave us a reason on that that fourth down stop. Um, he told me he was entering uh, his his or his he was channeling his inner Troy Palomalu, Alohi Gilman. Um, Alohi's been so solid this year. And and I, I just look at the defense, and you're looking at guys who have who have really stepped up. Michael Davis has had a really good year. Um, I think Alohi Gilman, second year in this system, has really found his niche. Um, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day, obviously they've they've kind of uh, tightened up the run. But a guy that we've kind of followed throughout his time with the Chargers, it, it's been really nice to kind of see Alohi find his his role, and and it's a really meaningful and important role in this defense. So much of the conversation about Aloe reminds me of the conversations we were having about guys like Kaiser White and Uchenna Nuosu and Justin Jones a year ago, where you had this sort of draft class from a couple years back that was really, really starting to make an impact and really starting to come along. The benefit for Aloe is he's gotten a second year in this system, whereas those guys were doing it brand new. And then unfortunately, you know, they departed the Chargers, but to that comfort level that Aloe has had. And I think being able to play in big spots too and being able again to earn that trust and that belief from the coaching staff that, hey, Derwin James, he's out. He's not going to be in this game today. You, you're the guy, like we're counting on you. And I think it's been really, really positive to see. And that is what you want to see right now. That's what you want to see. You want to see these guys. He was a sixth-round pick in 2020. You want to see them come along and get stronger as the season has progressed. I don't know, man. I don't know if if with this defense, maybe they've had to simplify things because so many guys have been in and out. But for some reason, it has really, really kind of come together as of late, as we've talked about. But to see someone like that, a second year in it, 
take on a bigger role, have the belief from this coaching staff that he can do it and make these stops and make these big plays. You know, I think about that, again, that PBU, I think the first Miami, the first play of the Miami game where he just came out firing, it's awesome. And it's really, really cool. And, and again, I, I have deja vu because I think so much about talking about some of those 2018 um, class guys a year ago and the production that they had yeah. as the season kind of went on and went on. And now you're seeing it with Aloe too. You know, Eric, Eric, one more guy I'd like for you to talk about, too. And then and anything else you guys want to touch on the game, we can before we get to the kind of the seeding and the playoffs. But, you know, Kenneth Murray has been a guy for the first two years in his career, ups and downs, coaching change, injuries last year. Um, you didn't know what his role was going to be necessarily this year. He comes into camp late and not not ready necessarily for the beginning of the season. But he has really found his rhythm. And after the game, he said uh, when, when the offense was kneeling down, he got emotional because just kind of thinking back to all the ups and downs, you know, over the last two years and to kind of be in the tournament. But he also said that this is just this is just one goal that they've checked off. You know, they they expect to be Super Bowl champions at some point. Uh, but I, I just I felt really good for Kenneth because we, we've seen his journey and I think he's made the most of his opportunities. No doubt, no doubt. And and you're right, like in camp, you know, when I came in, like I was trying to get a, a lay of the land on the roster and everything, Kenneth, Kenneth wasn't really around, like he wasn't practicing. He was always the guy off to the side field, and he was over there for weeks. Um, he It's not like he just like didn't practice the first week of camp and then like came in. He missed like almost all of camp and had to work his way back. Um, but he, he flashed like early in the season, and I really think there's something – like beautiful there with him and Drew at that linebacker spot. Like they've played together. They've known each other for a couple of years now. I know this is Drew's like first year. It's like a full-time starter, but that is such a great pairing. And they're both just like so versatile, right? Like they can both play the run. They can both, uh, they, they do well against the pass. I think there was on uh, Kenny's sack last night, both him and Drew were blitzing and Drew got in there and Foles kind of wiggled away, and then Murray was there to clean it up. So, like, just like those two just play so well off of each other. Eric, um, that play, hold on, just to interrupt you, I'm sorry. What was Foles doing on that play? <laughs> I, I don't know what he was doing. What was going on there? He just, he just like, stopped, bent his knees, and said, I don't know, just chalk it I up. Don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing most of the game. Like you said, that's like a – just like break glass in case of an emergency, throw them in there. Um, honestly, I would. <laughs> I was a little worried because like I've seen Nick Foles uh, like five years ago. I saw Nick Foles beat the Vikings and like go to the Super Bowl and win like an MVP. And I'm like, oh my god, is this guy? Is that Nick Foles gonna like show up for one game? Uh, he did not. The, the Chargers defense make sure he, he did not. Um, he looked he looked bad. Um, but I, I credit the Chargers defense for that. I mean, they they were on him all night. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. I tweeted after the game, um, you know, like some couple highlights for the defense. And I tweeted the Chargers had 67 sacks last night because it was obviously a typo. I meant to type seven. I had six on there. But anyway. It felt they, like 67. It felt like 67. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Kenny's playing great. Um, I think him and Drew just work so well together. Um, pretty much like everyone on defense that just turned it up, like Morgan Fox, two sacks. Khalil is, is still being Khalil on the outside. Kyle Van Noy, we've talked about him, three games in a row with a sack. 
Chris Rump, back-to-back game with the sack. Like, everyone is stepping up at the right time of the season. Yeah. And shout-out to Drew. Fort Wayne, Indiana is where he's from. Homecoming for him. He said his high school would play the championship at Lucas Oil. Uh, or not his high school, but the high school championship is, is played at Lucas Oil. He never got to play there. And he had his whole family in uh, Section 612 rooting them on. He led the team in tackles and, and clinched a playoff spot at the same time. Hilly, anything else from that game? That that stood out to you, or you want to talk about before we get to the playoffs here? Not necessarily. I think, you know, I, I think we kind of covered everything. Um, I think we can get to the playoffs, but I'm just going to kick it off because right before this, I uh, I interviewed Jamie Erdahl for Playmakers, host of Good Morning Football, and we talked a little nice. bit about. Um, the Chargers Colts game Chargers in the postseason. And she goes, we can put the Justin Herbert spiel to bed guys. He's in the playoffs. We're good. Okay. Now we can see what he can do. And I just, I, I kind of broke the fourth wall. I was like, Jamie, we are so over it. We are so over hearing about it. They did it. They punched the ticket. It is phenomenal. This AFC man, it is going to be so exciting to watch, to, to have this team be part of. It's a spicy conference. We knew that from the offseason. We thought the AFC West was going to be the spicy division. Not so much. But the AFC as a whole is is really, really, this is what networks want. You get all these quarterbacks in, and there's still one spot to be decided, a, a couple spots, I, I guess, if you look at the AFC South. But you can have some really, really stellar quarterbacks in this AFC uh, playoff race here. All right, let me try to set the table, Eric, and I'll get you, I'll get you in the mix here. Uh, you mentioned the playoff quarterbacks in the AFC right now, Haley. This is it. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Tua Tunga-Vailoa. I mean, I, that's that's like an all-star game, man. It's going to be so fun. If it ends up being these seven teams, and obviously five of those seven have already been accounted for those spots. Um, right now, the Chargers would play Cincinnati. But there is so much that can happen over the next two weeks. Cincinnati has a really good shot to actually get the number one seat. They play Buffalo next week. Um, Kansas City, if they win out um, and Buffalo drops one, they'll get the one seed. And I think Buffalo could get two, depending on what happens with Cincinnati if they beat them. Um, We know Jacksonville, Tennessee, it'll come down to week 18. What they do next week doesn't even matter. Baltimore, uh, they're still alive for the three seed. Um, and the Chargers are hoping that Baltimore drops a game and they win out because then they would have the five seed and would travel to either Nashville or Jacksonville. The seven seed up for grabs, it looks like it's going to be one of those three uh, AFC East teams. The Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins are all going to beat each other up here as we close the season. And I guess the the Pittsburgh Steelers are hanging on by a thread. So, uh, Eric, you're, what, what kind of stands out to you uh, as we kind of kick into the the next two weeks here i think what's great is that we're in and i I think we don't have to worry about trying to get a spot in the last two weeks um there's such a relief i think that comes off your shoulders and sure we're we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out seating and all that um but just being in the dance i think with with two games left um it's just such a, a a great feeling um you know i don't really have a preference on on where we finish or where we end up like certainly like some matchups will be maybe more intriguing than others. Um, you know, I think like like you guys said, and like we kind of talked about last week too, the the quarterbacks in this playoff field on the, in the AFC are just phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I like I like it all. 
Um, you know, if it whether we have to go to Cincinnati and it's Herbert Burrow in the wild card round, if we have to end up going to Baltimore, Herbert Lamar, um, you know, if we somehow get the five and it's Herbert Lawrence, like that's a battle of some great hair right there. Um, <laughs> you know, just I don't, I, I don't, I'm not picky. I'm not picky at all. Like just the fact that we're in, I think is great. Um, I think it's what we all expected, you know, um, but we'll kind of see how it plays out. Um, you know, I think getting the seven at this point, the, the two seven matchup, probably not going to happen just based on where we're at. I think if we win one more game, then we are guaranteed the six because uh, based on the Miami tiebreaker and how that could probably shake out. Um, but yeah, it's all up in the air, but we're in and I, that's all that matters. Yeah. Haley, it's looking like five or six, as Eric mentioned. I mean, Miami, Miami's kind of falling apart here in December, and there's a good chance that they could fall out uh, completely to the Jets or, or maybe even the Patriots. Um, but I, I look at, like, the next two weeks, and we kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I think this is a great opportunity, and you mentioned this, Haley, is to kind of clean the slate and, and figure out how you're going to attack the 2022 postseason while continuing to try to beat the Rams and Broncos. Yeah, Brandon Staley said it last night. This is just the beginning, a little nunk-cheppy light there for the, the Philip Rivers fans who have uh, yeah. been around this shout team out to for Phillip. quite some time. Um, shout out to Philip, nunk-cheppy, now we begin. Uh, that is kind of, I think it is great. And, and, you know, Eric mentioned that just a couple moments ago, but I think even, I think I had said it last week when Daniel Jeremiah was like, wouldn't it be great on the radio if if they knew ahead of week 18 that, that they had clinched a spot? And I think it is great because, as I said earlier, you've got some stuff that you've got to work on, and you can sort of clean the slate and reset. You're going to get some guys back, at least one guy, Joey Bosa, that we know of. When that happens remains to be seen, but that will happen. Maybe Rashawn Slater comes back. May, you know, We'll see what happens. But at the same time, you've got some homework. You've got some things that you can work on. You're hitting your stride on defense for sure. You can clean some things up on offense. And you're going to do it against two pretty good defenses that you're going to see. This Rams defense did not – they freaking gave it to the Broncos the other day, which that's another team that's kind of broken like the Colts. And then Denver's defense, I think they're still probably going to play. They're going through some stuff now in Week 18. I also think, though, that Week 18 game is going to be really critical for this Chargers team because it's going to be cold, right? It's Denver in January. It's probably going to be in the 40s if not colder than that. And I think that is going to be a really, really good test. Just to, it sounds so stupid, but just to have this team play in the cold, play maybe in some elements. Because, okay, if you go to Jacksonville, by the way, that would be a phenomenal hair matchup. I pay to get this color and add extensions to my hair, and those two guys don't even have to do any of that. That's just like God-given right there. So shout out <laughs> Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. But, <laughs> um, but if you go to Jacksonville or you go to Nashville, Nashville could be kind of chilly, but... That next round, if you make it and you're going to a Cincy or you're going to a Buffalo or you're going to a KC, it's going to be cold. And I think this team needs a game like that under their belt, and they'll certainly get that in Week 18. Excellent point, and I'm glad you mentioned it because the Chargers have been very lucky, very, very lucky with the weather this yeah. year. A majority of these games indoors. you got Cleveland in October. So I agree with you. I think Week 18 – just for the sheer fact that the elements could be in play and it could be really cold. You may be going to Cincinnati the next week or who knows, Casey or Buffalo. Um, so I do think getting a game under your belt, 60 minutes in cold weather, that can't hurt things, Eric, uh, when you're going into January. 
I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of cold weather these days, but um, yeah, I, I I agree. I agree completely. Um, it, I think that the chance going into week 18, we might know where where we're at based on what happens. Um, I guess maybe with the Ravens, it could still be up in the air. But I, I agree, Haley, like wholeheartedly. Um, playing some type of cold weather game is important just to kind of get that feeling, you know, kind of in in your bones, I guess, um, going into into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride, uh, all year, you know, the, I think Haley, you said it earlier, you know, there were times maybe where the pessimism was, was high among fans, you know, whether we're one and two or, or four and three or six and six, like just been so up and down. Um, but we're in, that's all that matters. And, um, you know, we, we know we got two games left, but, uh, we know we got more after that. All right, guys, quickly, I'll, I'll put you on the spot. Give me, give me your player of the game from Monday night. There, there was a lot. of. It, it's probably on the defensive side, but, but Haley, who was, your, who was your player of the game in week What week were we in? Week 16. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah Sorry. right. I, I beats me at this point. It still is hard to figure out that there, there to know that there are like 18 weeks in this season. I, my math brain is still not good with that. Um, this is kind of tough. It would definitely be a defensive player. I'm going to kind of just go off the wall because he sort of started this interception train, and that's Michael Davis, who has also been playing really, really, really well as of late. And another guy who has been extremely honest and open. I I think back to a a press conference he gave earlier this year about how he kind of went through some personal stuff last year, and it sort of maybe got in the way of some of the football things. And it was there was a lot to figure out and there was a lot of challenges that he went through and also having to learn a brand new defense. He was an undrafted player. You know, we, we forget about this because he's been sort of a staple of this team for quite some time now. But, um, but he's also like really, really come on strong and really, really shined, you know, Bryce Callahan missed that game and, and he stepped in and he led that, that sort of interception pick party that they had last night, despite the fact, you know, the offense didn't get any points off of it, but just to even, make the play, kick that off, have a return, a really nice return to set that offense up. I just think he's been playing really nicely as of late, and he showed it again last night. What about you, Eric? Well, Haley stole my answer, um, but I, I can pivot to that. Um, actually, I wrote about Michael Davis last week in uh, in the mailbag. Someone asked me who the most improved player was for the whole team this year, and I picked Michael Davis. Um, he's been playing fantastic. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit off the roll, off the wall with this pick, and this guy's not gonna get a lot of stats, but just given where where his position group is at, I think that Braden Fajoko has been such a key player to this defense um, on and off the field because, like on the field, we've needed him just to play because of the attrition at that position. Um, and and, we, and off the field, we all know him, right? Like in the locker room, cracking jokes. Um, keep keeping keeping it lively. Like, given given the way this season has gone and how it could have easily gone off the rails at at so many different parts or points, um, having a, a kind of a glue guy like that in the locker room, I think, is so valuable. Um, that maybe doesn't get talked about a lot, but just kind of keeping the guys together, keeping them laughing when it which, when you're on a two game losing streak or something like that, right? Like, um, just that like valuable locker room presence. Um, like I said, he's not going to fill up the box score. He's not going to have ten tackles, but he he made that play on fourth and one, while while Lode was Superman and jumped over the line, 
Braden was like the low man and like went under the lineman and kind of it was kind of like a tag team effort there. So I'll give my vote to to Fajoko. Chris, how about you? You know what? The reason I asked the question is because there was no clear cut guy. There's so many so many great performances. It was like very balanced all around. I'd probably give it to Drew just because of you know his leadership this year. I really think he's coming to his own with with this new defense and just being a veteran in this league, doing it in Indiana, leading the team in tackles, getting a sack and bringing that energy. And Drew has been awesome all year long, wins or losses. He's, he's held the, the team accountable. He's held himself accountable. And I just thought it was a really nice moment for him to, to punch his ticket to the playoffs for the first time in his career and also uh, be just an impact guy. Um, last thing for you guys, you know, Obviously, Darwin didn't play for most of this game. But, Haley, that interception that he had in some of these plays, like, it was unfortunate because, you know, he got that 15-yard face mask where the, the helmet just kind of ripped off, and then, obviously, that, that real vicious hit. Um, but it, it gave us a kind of a, a glimpse of the energy that he brings to the defense, and, and I just I feel like that they could ratchet it up a little bit more when hit when he's on the field and just to see him so happy uh post game in the locker room um just he's 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 got this infectious energy and we can we say it every week probably i'm sure people they know this right but i feel like if derwin is healthy down the stretch in the playoffs he's a guy that you can count on to maybe make a big play for your team i literally have espn on my tv right over here as I'm like looking off and they're showing highlights and, and his interception was the number two uh, of the sports center top 10 uh, from yesterday, all of yesterday's wide world of <laughs> sports content. He brings it. I mean, we, we've seen it. We saw it in 2018 when he did incredible things as a rookie. And he's another guy who has just faced so, so, so much just adversity throughout his short year, short, excuse me, career in this league that it is really remarkable that he has come out of that mentally, physically more than fine, if not better than he was. And I think we know that, and many times we have referred to him as not only the heart and soul of this defense, but in many times the heart and soul of this team too, that he is such a rallying force, despite still being so young, so young in his NFL career and as a player as well. And I think you are going to need that and you're going to see that. I know he's obviously in concussion protocol right now. Look, whatever happens... You don't really need him this week. That's the benefit, right? You're in. You punched your ticket. You don't really need these guys to to do so much to, to earn you that spot because you've gotten it. But the energy he brings, that interception was just incredible. I, I still can't believe he got both feet down. Like Just to, to watch him leap up and grab it was just absolutely insane and, and just so athletic. And just a reminder of just how special he is. And I, I think I said this at one point this season, too, on this podcast – we, I think we forgot at times that he was fully healthy prior to those few games that he missed because he was just playing so consistently well. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the NFL as a whole of sort of just kind of, you know, forgetting like greatness in a sense because it just becomes so routine. But then you see a play like that and you're reminded, oh, yeah, this guy's really, really good. And he does really amazing things for this team. And it's going to be awesome to see him get another shot at the postseason, too. Yep. And Eric, we'll get out of here on this. Uh, the fact that you get Derwin back and, and ready to go for January, but uh, a chance that Joey Bosa is going to join him. 
Um, this team has had so much adversity with its stars. J.C. Jackson, high-priced cornerback, out for the year. Joey Bosa goes down in week three. Hopefully you see him in January. Um, Joey Bosa and Derwin James on a defense that has played like this over the last three weeks, um, that's exactly what Brandon Staley is hoping for. And if you can add two all pros to what you've already been doing the last three weeks in December, um, I think you got to be feeling pretty good. I think you're probably feeling pretty great about that. I mean, I can't really say much more about Derwin than, than what Haley just said. But uh, but with Joey, um, just like the, the lift, I think, that his hopeful return will, will bring to this team. Because um, Joey's kind of been like a man of mystery this year. We haven't talked to Joey since week two, I guess. Like, he didn't talk after he got hurt. So it's been months since anyone's spoken to him. I've seen him around. I saw him in the parking lot the other day, but just to make sure he's like still here, you know, and, and he is, he's <laughs> around. He just hasn't practiced yet. Um, maybe we'll find out today from Brandon Daly if he's going to practice. Um, we'll find out for sure in person on Wednesday if, he, if he's out there. Um, but just like the lift that someone like him, the presence will, will bring to this defense. And even, even if he's not like a hundred percent healthy, right? Even if he's not playing every down, if you line him up on third down, like offenses are going to take note of that. And just if he can make some sort of impact, which would be incredible given the injury that he had, a lot of guys probably wouldn't even come back at all. And if he does, I think just like it's going to be such a big boost to the, to the defense um, and to the team. You know, I think the whole locker room will, will be energized by that. And if you can do it around playoff time, like that, that just the, the probably like the best situation you, you could probably imagine. Guys, it's been a strange year to this point, uh, but you got to give the coaches and the, the players and the staff a ton of credit for staying the course, getting to 9-6, and six, punching your ticket with two weeks to spare, and we'll see what happens next week against the Rams, and then week 18, potentially in very cold conditions against the Denver Broncos. Um, for Haley Elwood and Eric Smith, I'm Chris Hayre. This has been The Final Drive. We'll see you next week. <laughs>